quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. You have to take that into consideration when you're purchasing a property or underwriting a property. Lengths of the leases and the guarantee of each lease. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel, and this is Beyond Multifamily, where we discuss topics other than multifamily investments. Today, I'm going to share with you why I invest in commercial real estate and why many of you should expand your horizons and consider doing the same. Keep in mind, when I say commercial real estate, I'm talking about non-residential commercial real estate. Also, just for reference, I've been a non-residential commercial real estate investor, an active investor for over 10 years. I've also invested in single-family homes, multifamily, mixed-use, and I've also been passively investing in multifamily syndications since 2015. The first reason I think you should explore investing in commercial real estate, there's less competition. Today, multifamilies become extremely competitive. Properties are going under multiple offers. People are putting hard earnest money on day one. There's institutional buyers competing for deals. Cap rates are in the threes. Seems like everybody wants to become a multifamily syndicator. So why is there less competition in commercial real estate? Number one, it's more difficult to obtain lending for commercial properties. Multifamily lending has almost become commoditized. There's brokers, there's agency debt. A lot of banks would love to do multifamily loans. Just isn't the case with commercial. We don't have a Fannie and a Freddie or a secondary market as big as multifamily. Often when we do loans, we have to find local lenders, lenders that are local to the property that we're buying or a local lender local to ourselves that we've built a long track record with and that will allow us to invest in out-of-state deals with them. This isn't the case all the time. If we buy a Home Depot, a Starbucks with a 10-year lease that was just inked, you can pretty much go to any bank and get the loan terms that you want. Anything beyond that, value-add deals, it's usually a local lender. We'll do another podcast on that. It's a whole different ballgame with commercial real estate and getting local lenders. Why else is there less competition in commercial real estate? Mindset. What does that mean? For years, I've tried to convince residential investors, multifamily investors, wholesalers even, to look at commercial real estate. And one of the biggest objections that I get, it's too much money. It's too difficult. It's too hard. It's too risky. Let's start by addressing some of these. It's too risky. Yes, there's different levels of risk. With multifamily, you have class A, B, C properties, and the risk is varied with each level. With commercial real estate, it's the same thing. You can buy a Starbucks that's a class A property. They just signed a 10-year lease. There is very little risk, if any, of that location going dark, and that corporate guarantee on that lease means Starbucks is going to continue to pay you for 10 years Whether they operate there or not, the only way they're typically allowed to get out of that is if the corporation declares bankruptcy. 
it's too expensive is often another objection to why people don't explore commercial real estate. Let's talk about that. Just about any city, if you take a higher end home, I can find you a commercial property for about the same price. And the beauty of that is those properties often have less competition. An out-of-state buyer is not going to invest just two, three, four hundred thousand dollars in a mom and pop commercial building, but somebody local that has boots on the ground is more apt to do that. The returns are often much higher because the risk is marginally higher and the competition is significantly less. Then there's the it's too hard. And that one actually has a bit of merit to it. There's not many good books written on commercial real estate compared to Joe Fairless wrote the Bible on apartment syndications. I've interviewed a number of people that literally just read that book and they're very, very successful syndicators based on that. I have yet to find a comprehensive book on commercial real estate. If you look at the number of masterminds, meetups, conferences, boot camps, all centered around single family or multifamily, they're everywhere. I know very, very few on the commercial real estate side. So I will give them that commercial real estate does have a steeper learning curve. And because of that, the complexity keeps competitors away. There's less competition because there's a steeper learning curve with commercial real estate. My goal with creating these Beyond Multifamily podcasts is to give you that knowledge so that you can actively or passively invest in commercial real estate. Another myth about why you shouldn't invest in commercial real estate is there's the apocalypse, the retail apocalypse, or the Amazon effect where Amazon's going to destroy all the retailers. I've got to tell you, during COVID, we saw suburban downtowns just explode with growth. People realize they no longer need to go to city centers to get their nightlife, their entertainment, their meals. Suburban downtowns are the new hotspots where the bars, the breweries, the restaurants, all the nightlife, the walkable shops are popping up, and those will always be there. We had a huge shift in population from city centers to suburban locations and even rural locations. So think about your suburban downtown or even some of your rural locations, that mom and pop deli, the pizza shop, the pharmacy, the dentist, the hair salon, the barber shop, the dog groomer, the veterinarian, those neighborhood services are always going to be there. They're internet resistant. They're typically recession resistant, and there's always going to be a need for them. We will discuss office and addressing vacancies in future podcasts, but I want to get back to why I think you should invest in commercial real estate, give you more ammunition. One of them is the quality of tenants. Commercial real estate tenants are mostly business owners. They use your space minimally compared to apartment dwellers or single family tenants. They often don't sleep in the buildings. They don't shower in the buildings. There's no pets. There's no kids. There's usually no cooking and any wear and tear is usually remedied by the tenant because they take pride of ownership in their space. If they have customers coming into their space and something's worn out, they will often address it themselves. And the beauty of it is they often do it on their own dime. I can't tell you how many times we've given a tenant 
just a white box or not even a white box, but unfinished plywood floors, primed drywall or just taped drywall. And some of these tenants have transformed these spaces into incredible photography studios, boutique stores, hair salons, and they do it often on their own dime. Can you imagine one of your residential tenants remodeling a bathroom or painting a kitchen just to modernize it? It doesn't happen. With commercial real estate, it happens often. We'll get back to the show. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years, and he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at passiveinvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. Passiveinvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Invest investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Another benefit of commercial tenants is there's often multi-year leases with guarantees. Now let's contrast that with residential. Typically every apartment or single family homeowner is going to sign a one-year lease and if they leave early, there's often little recourse or it's just not worth pursuing the lost rent. With commercial real estate, the leases can be anywhere from one to 10 years or more, and they're often guaranteed. What does that mean? So if a corporation signs a lease, that corporation often guarantees the length and term of that lease. So no matter what, they are responsible for that payment. Now, there's different levels of guarantees. You can have a mom-and-pop tenant that gives you a personal guarantee on their lease. Now, granted, they are on the hook personally for the performance of that lease. The complexity there is, are you really going to sue a mom-and-pop tenant who just went out of business? So, you have to take that into consideration when you're purchasing a property or underwriting a property lengths of the leases and the guarantee of each lease. There is an important similarity between investing in commercial and residential properties in that NOI and cap rate are largely used to determine the values of the property. However, with commercial real estate, the quality of the tenant 
plays a huge role in that factor. What do I mean by that? So imagine in your high-rise apartment building, your tenants include Michael Jordan and Taylor Swift. I bet people would consider paying extra to live in the same building, get some bragging rights or whatever it may be. With commercial real estate, our celebrities are Dollar General, Starbucks, Chipotle. The higher quality tenants will command a much better sale price. So if you have all mom and pop tenants in either your office building or your industrial building, warehouse, retail center, your cap rate is going to reflect that. It's not going to be as low as if you had a Starbucks, a Chipotle. And the reason for that is those companies will have guaranteed leases. They'll have longer leases and there'll be corporate guarantees on them. This, again, is a benefit and a complexity. So you can have a mom-and-pop retail center that's bringing in $100,000 in NOI. And then you can have a Class A all-national tenants retail center that's only bringing in, let's say, sixty-five dollars or $70,000 in NOI. That center with the national tenants will command a much higher sale price than the mom-and-pop strip center. This, again, would be the equivalent of doing credit checks on every single multifamily tenant. And the beauty of this is that there's no hard and fast rules about this. You just have to underwrite enough commercial deals to where you can determine what the correct value is based on different tenant mixes. And this, again, is a complexity that clears away a lot of the competition. Another similarity between multifamily and commercial is the improvement of NOI. With multifamily, you can reduce expenses by charging back utilities. You can increase revenue through renovations, adding dog parks, covered parking, new appliances, and better amenities. With commercial, this is very similar, but to the extreme. We can add back utility expenses. We can add back snow removal, landscaping. We can even add back maintenance, roof repairs, roof replacements, mechanicals, HVAC, plumbing, all of it. You can go to a triple net lease where the tenant is responsible for all the maintenance, the insurance, even the taxes on the property. Another benefit of commercial is you're not bound by rent comps. What I mean by that is if you have a two bedroom, two bath house, you have to look at the comps around you to see what you can charge for rent. If you have a three bedroom, two bath, newly renovated class A apartment, and you have other class A apartments near you, you're bound by those rent comps. With commercial, you can have a run down, boarded up building, and right next door to it, you can have a block building where you just signed a 10 year Dollar General lease at $10 a square foot, you're now able to sell that at a four or five cap, regardless of the neighborhood, regardless of the comps. It doesn't matter what anything around you has sold for. It matters what your NOI is and the quality of your lease and the quality of your tenant. An extreme example of this is a small town that I'm pretty familiar with. There was a $20,000 parcel of land that somebody built a block building on metal roof just a couple thousand square feet, and they were able to land a Dollar General on a 10-year lease. 
That building sold, along with the land, for $1.2 million at a 4.5 cap rate. So $1.2 million. Right down the street, there's a mom-and-pop convenience store gas station that's not selling at the $300,000 asking price. So you can add a tremendous amount of value to commercial properties by signing a high-quality tenant for a long-term lease. And this just can't be done with residential. Continuing with extreme examples, if you have an apartment building that is 20% vacant, you know exactly what those rents are going to be once you fill them with or without renovations. If you buy an office building or a strip mall that's 20% vacant, you have no idea what the upside potential is. You can sign a mom-and-pop deli or you can sign an Ace Hardware, a Subway, or a PetSmart. And now you've added massive NOI and upside to your center. Another benefit of commercial real estate is you're often given a six-month or more heads-up on if your tenant is going to renew or if they're going to leave. So if they're going to leave, they will give you typically six months notice, depending on the length of the lease. So that now gives you six months to find a new tenant. Another benefit of commercial real estate is evictions. I've never had to evict a commercial tenant in over 10 years. And most commercial real estate investors will share the same they just don't have to evict commercial tenants. And commercial tenants are not going to overstay. Managing commercial tenants is another benefit. For the last 10 years, I've managed all of my holdings by myself, and it really doesn't take that much of my time. If you look at apartments, somebody that has a five, $10 million apartment complex, they're going to have those growing pains where they're going to need a full-time leasing specialist a full-time maintenance person on site with commercial tenants. Again, whether it's office, industrial, retail, the management overhead just isn't there. Earlier, I mentioned the extreme example of triple net leases where the tenant is responsible for everything. Even with smaller mom and pop leases, there's clauses where the tenant is responsible for their HVAC filter changes, any plumbing, electrical repairs, they're responsible for the first $250. So many times you won't even hear about some of the smaller issues. The same way a lot of you folks out there that are either passive or active investors and you went from single family to multifamily and in your mind you know you'll never go back to single family. Really every commercial real estate investor that I know that has gone from single family, multifamily to some commercial asset would never go back to residential. And my last reason for you guys to look at commercial properties is it's just a lot more fun browsing. I don't know that I could sit there and look at a hundred different apartment buildings where they all have just small similarities. How many differences do you see in class C apartments from one to another? With commercial properties, I can look at a thousand in a day and it's just exciting. You never know what you're going to see less. So best ever listeners, I hope I gave you a small glimpse into my world. There's going to be a lot more knowledge to come in this Beyond Multifamily series. And my goal is to open your horizons and hopefully teach you to look at and underwrite different commercial asset classes.
Thank you so much for joining me today. Best ever listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody you think that can benefit from it. Like, subscribe, and have a best ever day.